Well, hey there, this is Kim Constable. Welcome to the Kim Constable podcast. Nobody cares, work harder. I'm really sorry that I missed the podcast last week. I have no excuse other than it's extremely hard for me to record a podcast now because my house is so filled with people and my office is filled with people because the company is growing so fast and I now have literally nowhere to record a podcast. But this podcast did get recorded because under the threat of death, I told my family to be quiet so that I could record this interview with the most delicious guest that I have on today. Oh, yummy, yummy. Yum, you are going to love her. Her name is Angelica Tashira. If you don't know who Angelica Tashira is, well, you are about to find out. She is probably, I want to say, the most famous or one of, or if not the best, bikini athlete in the world. Oh, yes, she won the Bikini Olympia title two years in a row. She came second and then she came first and then she came first again, then she came third and then she came fourth. We talk about that. We talk about what it was like to, I was going to say fall from grace. She didn't fall from grace, but you know, where do you go whenever you've won the Bikini Olympia title? twice in a row. Um, and, you know, what that was like for her. She talks about her diet, her training. She talks about, you know, her her professional career. She talks about her glutes and what it took for her to build them. And she gives some really good glute building technique, techniques and tips. So if you are into building your glutes, then you're definitely going to want to listen to this episode. And apart from that, she is just an absolutely fabulous human being. And in fact, Angelica, I told her at the very beginning, I kind of fangirled all over her. She got me through some very, very dark times whenever I was prepping for shows on the Stairmaster, you know, exhausted, doing loads of cardio on low calories, just pushing through as best I could. And what I used to do was go onto YouTube and watch videos, watch and rewatch and rewatch videos of Angelica posing on stage. And, you know, quite a few of the um, moves that I would have, or quite a few of the the yeah, moves, I guess they're called, that I would have used in my bikini routines on stage came or were inspired um, by watching Angelica. So if you don't know who she is, you're going to find out now. This was such a, an amazing interview. I just loved chatting to her. And um, we have all of the links in the show notes as to where you can go and connect with Angelica on Instagram, especially, but also links to her website and to her. She's two Instagram accounts that you can go and check out. But um, I'm going to shut up now. I'm going to let you go and listen to the interview. And then I will talk to you again at the end. Angelica, you have no idea how excited I am to have you on the podcast because you have been um, one of my, as I'm sure you have been many of my listeners, idols, bikini idols for many, many, many years. And to actually have you here in person is just such an honor. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. It's I was honestly for this time to be in your podcast for a long time. So, so good to be here today. <laughs> you know, honestly, I am going to just start with a little bit of fangirling and tell you that uh, whenever there were, there was many a time when I was on the Stairmaster prepping for shows and just needing something to keep me going through the hunger, through the cardio. And I would, you know, I would just watch your, um, your Bikini Olympia videos and I would study your posing and study your routines. And I would just, you know, and, and it would literally just keep me going through the dark, the dark day. So I just wanted to say a little thank you before we begin for that. I don't even know oh, if you know that that happens, but it does. Oh, that's so sweet. You know, this is what makes me, you know, like all the journey worth it. You know, when I hear things like that, it means a lot. Well, it's true. You have won, is it, now, is it three Bikini Olympia titles or is it two? Two. 
two. two. I got second place in 2016, right. and I won the 2017 and 18. I remember watching you win the 2018, and it was like, can she do it again? Can she do it again? You know, and all the judges were talking about you, and it was like, you know, can she do it again for a second year? She's the favorite. And then to hear your name announced, I mean, what was that like to win two Bikini Olympia titles, like the highest accolade that any bikini athlete can can achieve? Yeah, it was surreal because when I won like the first time, it was like the biggest accomplishment for me, of course, was the top of my career. Every competitor's dream is to win the Olympia one day. And the first time was super special, but second time was like even more special, if I can say that, because uh, then I was really, uh, it was a lot of pressure, of course, when you are Miss Olympia and then you come to defend your title, like for the first time, you have no pressure, you're just chasing it, you know, the fire, the, you know, like you have no big expectations. But for the second time, it was a lot of pressure on me, you know, like being Miss Olympia became something that I, I got there as a job to represent the sport, to represent the division. So for me, it was something that I became, you know, like, like I'm Angelica Teixeira and this is what I love. You know, I love to represent the bikini division. And for me, it was that pressure, like I need to keep this title. So I need to keep doing this work, you know, like uh, touching people and uh, representing the bikini division. So for me, when they call my name for to win it again, like, you know, to still hold my title, it was like, wow, I did it. It was kind of like when you win one time, you know, you were really good you are on top but when you win for the second time it's kind of like when you really feel okay i'm writing my name in history you know like it's when people can say okay you are a great champion not just a champion because you did it and you could defend your title so it was really really special i have to ask though okay because i think everyone who competes or who certainly watches you know the Olympia or any of the the sports definitely feels this. And I'm I'm dying to ask you this question, but you know, then of course the the year after you won the two titles, you came, I think you came third the next year in 2019 and then fourth in 2020. Is that right? That's right. Uh-huh. What is it like to to stand on stage, to have, you know, to go to win it twice and then to come in third and then to come in fourth? Is it not soul crushing is there not like a little part of your soul that dies with it like your pride you think do i keep going do i not do i go again am, is it ready am i ready to retire has it changed because it in my experience after you won i i find that the category became a lot leaner a lot more you know i know when janet won and and he said yeah a lot yeah yeah a lot less full i i find the sport going and i've talked about this very openly in my podcast i find the sport going skinnier and and i don't i don't want to say skinny i don't want to i don't want to put anyone down i'm not being derogatory in any way but i did find that the sport changed and what they were judges were looking for seemed to be different as the years went on but what is that like to go yes. from first oh, to third to fourth it was a little frustrating and uh, a little like, wow, I went from being the champion to not even second place, but third place. Right. So it was a little like, okay, is this like a message for me that I should retire or something, you know? Um, I Honestly, I didn't bring my really best for the 2019 Olympia. 
uh, a few things, like everything was going great, but last minute, I think like for the defending my title again for the, you know, like being champion two years in a row and then defending my hand was even more pressure on me. So mm-hmm. I was okay until I got stage and then the pressure really got to me. And I felt my body changing because when you get the anxiety and yeah. you're so lean, you can hold water and things change like right away. So mm-hmm. that morning before pre-judging, I was looking amazing. I was super happy. My coach, everyone, it was great. When I got backstage and the pressure started to come to my, to my head and, and I was the last one to pose, waiting you know, online for all those girls to pose for almost an hour, standing. I felt my body changing and it got me even more nervous. And I'm like, oh my God, I look in the mirror, I'm like, oh my God, something's not right. My body's changing. So when I came on stage, I already knew that I wasn't bringing my best. But uh, people say, oh, we can notice because you rock your pose. And of course, we are professionals. But I, I knew I wasn't my 100%. So I kind of like was a little like, oh, what's going to happen? But uh, for the other side, I was like, okay, they because that's what all the feedback. We want to keep bikini very feminine, very curvy, full muscle. Like, what do you have? So I was kind of like, okay, I'm not 100%, but I'm, come on, 90% there. So maybe it's still going to be good. But once pre-judging was over, I was like, oh, my God, what happened? I just lost my title. Mm-hmm. So it was really like, uh, it was kind of like, oh, wow, what's going to happen now? So on stage, it was like a movie came to my mind, like, okay, now I'm not going to have this title anymore. How are people going to treat me? You know, like on stage, I was like, I'm not like, I don't have the title. I always have the title of two times, but uh, okay, this is not who I am anymore. So, you know, like, kind of like. This is the highs the and the lows. Time. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah. It is the but highs and the lows of the sport. I to learn how to, you know, deal with that. Mm-hmm. And uh, thank God I was always like, even though I got the title as a, as an opportunity to touch more people, to really represent, to go backstage and hug the NPC bikini girls and tell them, you know, like, Hey, you can be here one day. So, you know, for me, it was a outlet. It was a, a way to touch people. So, but even though I got the title and I really, you know, like embrace it and, and represent it, like everywhere I went, I was, I was never like, Hey, I'm Miss Olympia. You know, I was never that one. I was always like, I'm Angelica Teixeira. No, like, oh no, uh, you want to sit there? I'm like, no, I'm fine here. You know, yeah. like I was going to shows and trying to pay my ticket and they're like, hold on, you want Miss Olympia, right? I'm like, yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, I don't want to come here and say, hey, I'm Miss Olympia. Come on. That's mm-hmm. who I am. So thank God I never did that because the people started to love the Angelica Teixeira and not the title. You know, mm-hmm. because uh, some champions, they put the title like, you know, they, they think, OK, now I'm Mr. Olympia, Miss Olympia. And that's all they are, you know. Right. So when they lose it, it's like they don't have anything else. So for me, thank God, I always put my personality first, my, you know, like my I, was, I kept humble. And uh, even after I lost the title, everyone, I still felt I'm like, OK, let's see how it's going to be now gonna change if you people really loved me for the title for who I am and uh like the love was real people was like even more you know like inviting me for all the events and 
like in 2019, I representing, I kept representing every event, like if I, like if I still was the Miss Olympia, you know? Right. So, so that was good. But at that time, my stage was like a punch in the face. Like, oh, I can imagine. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. I'm like, I, they even not, they, when they brought like, you know, first and second to compare, they even not, they didn't brought me mm-hmm. and I was on the side and I was like, oh, I'm not even fighting for it, you know? Yeah. So it was kind of frustrating. I think if I was able to at least fight for it more, yeah. I would be more okay. But uh, because I was on the side and not even, you know, like able to fight for it, it was really frustrating. Oh, and I can I imagine. Like you ask, you, you, like you think about retiring. I really thought about like retiring. But I was like, you know what? I was always a fighter, you know, my whole life. Nothing was easy for me. My whole life. Like I came from Brazil. I didn't speak any English. I, I taught myself English, you know, like watching TV and talking to people, never been to school. So after, you know, like getting my degree in Brazil in, in sports science, I came here and I had to start all over. Because I was like, how am I going to be a professional here if I don't speak the language? So I had to go work in the supermarket. So my, my story, you know, my whole life story was always like overcoming. So when mm-hmm. I thought about stopping and retiring, I'm like, okay, that's it. I went one twice and I got to the top. Now I lost my title. That's it. I was like, you know what? It, I need to come back and at least try and at least show people that you know, like that, I'm fighting for it. It doesn't matter the, you know, the results or what happens if I win or if I don't even get top five, I'm going to try. At least I need to try so I know when I retire or if I take a break, I know that I did my everything, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I get it. I totally get it. And you are a fighter. I mean, you tell us though about your you're, like what I know my my listeners will be really interested in the life of a professional bodybuilder you know like what is what is your life been like for the last you know because you're pregnant now obviously so you're not competing yeah. which uh-huh. is super exciting I know <laughs> so lovely but what was your life like for all of those years competing when did you start competing and then how you know tell us a little bit about the life of a professional building bodybuilder at, at the very top, you know, what you eat, how you train, that kind of stuff. Uh, I started competing in 2013. And uh, so it's been like eight years. It was eight years competing. Now this year is my first year taking a break away from the stage. So it is a bit bittersweet, but it's a good reason because, you know, like the baby, when I really decide I want to be a mom now, you know, my baby came, so I'm okay with that. But all these years competing since 2013, I was a wedding fitness before because, as I said, I got a degree in Brazil. So once I start, you know, I learned the language, I start working as a personal trainer and fitness instructor. So I was a wedding fitness, but never used to be on a diet. I was mm-hmm. always a foodie. I was always, you know, like I always liked it, like eating a lot. So when I decided to compete, it was more to kind of learn the process and help my clients and help me achieve an even better physique. I had a nice physique because training since I was 18 years old in Brazil, I have been bodybuilding for years without even like thinking about competing one day. So when I decided, I was like, okay, so I can get in an even better shape and help my clients. Once I step on stage, I fall in love with 
with, with the stage. And I was like, oh, okay, now, okay, I, I, I placed terribles. Last call out because I did figure before doing bikini. I, oh, I went, interesting. I didn't know yeah. that. So I, figure, for I, those who don't know, is more is much more muscular than bikini and leaner yeah, as well. Muscular. I wasn't ready for figure, but the coach that I hired at that time, <clears> he <throat> said, oh, no, you're good for figure because you have big quads. And I'm like, okay, I don't know the difference. I'm like, whatever you say. So when I went on stage with the figure girls, I was like, <laughs> you felt tiny. Legs trying to so tiny. I was always bikini. I was always perfect for bikini. So I got judge feedback and they said, oh, maybe you should be doing bikini. And then I started researching and saw Natalia Mello. That you know, it's also yes. she's one of our yeah. judges in our. We run competitions um, many times a year, shred competitions, and she's one of the the judges in the shred competition. So everybody knows Natalia. Yes, she's amazing. So she was, you know, like someone that inspired me when I started because I was like, oh, this is what I want to do. Look, this is sexy, feminine, and then I start doing bikini and start doing well, and the. Uh, and then, you know, it became a lifestyle. So the diet as well, like the training was easier because I was used to training five, six times a week without any goal of competing or anything. It's just like what I love to do. Mm-hmm. But following the diet at the beginning was super tough. So did you have to follow macros and calories? Did you find a coach who put you on like a macro and calorie counted plan to build muscle? Did you go through periods of building and then shredding? I always had a coach like, like the first one, he put me on a on a cutting diet right away. And I think like my first culture, things wasn't really right. That's why it's good to research and really research about your coach before, mm. you know, because uh, my first book wasn't, you know, like the best fit because uh, even though I had a nice physique, it wasn't, you need to, to build the physique and improve for the division. Mm-hmm. So he just put me on a cutting diet and with four weeks with him, I was on stage. So wow, four weeks? Like four weeks uh, on a cutting diet, I got super lean because my metabolism, I never diet in my life. So yeah. my body just did like that, you know, mm-hmm. like I got shredded. I never did cardio, even though I, I was doing fitness class, you know, and kind of like doing a little bit cardio, but I never went on a fasted cardio running, you know, and my body just like shrink. And then he was like, okay, you ready. So find a a coach that really, you know, research and, you know, that you know, he's good. And, and like the clients that you like, what you know, he does because uh, I started diet like cutting. And then after that, I got, I got to another coach that, yes, I started like eating more, kind of like building, not bulking because Mm. we don't do that for bikini. We don't want to look too muscular. not too muscular and even like we don't want to put put on too much weight, you know, mm-hmm. like, like bulking and be like all Yeah, bulking isn't a license to just eat whatever you want, is what I always say to people. Like increase yes. your intensity in the gym before you increase your calories. You know, yes. don't just like eat, increase your calories and get fat because you know, then you're if you're not burning them and you're not putting those calories to good use, there's no point in eating them. They're just there's going no to fat store. And then people think like, oh, okay, I need to gain all this weight so I can build on the meat. And when I shred, it's the hard work will show. But if you put a lot of weight and a lot of fat on top of it, it will be so hard for you when it's time to show the definition. You have to do extra cardio because you put on a lot of weight and a lot of fat. 
your diet will have to be more strict. So you end up losing the hard work, the muscle mm-hmm. that you put on, you end up burning it because you, you need to overdo cardio and, you know, the diet will have to be super strict. Right. So I start like doing, you know, eating more, increase my calories with this new coach and I saw better results. And then when it was time to cut, I saw the bikini, you know, the bikini physique, like, you know, as it should be. So, so for all these years, it became a lifestyle, you know, the diet, yes. you know, it's not easy, but it's kind of like what I eat now, but with a little extra here and there, more fruits, more freedom, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. more freedom to go out and have a cheat meal. But when we compete for that long, it becomes a lifestyle. It, like, does. it was always like, uh, I never followed, um, I never, I always followed a diet and not macros. Even though I know my always like when macros became a, a thing, because before eight years ago, nobody was counting macros. We heard about macros. Oh, what's macros, you know, mm-hmm. but whatever, let me just follow this diet. And, you know, yeah. so when macro became like, oh, you know, you can eat whatever, as long as you hit your macros, it was kind of like, whoa, wow. Okay. But I never wanted to try on my off seasons. I would try to mess with it a little bit and kind of like, oh, as long as I eat this much protein, this much carbs, this much fats, you know, I'm okay. So I was counting on a few off seasons just to make sure I wasn't going too over, you know. So you never but, counted, you know, you don't count calories, but you counted calories and macros when dieting for shows. Uh, no? I knew my calories and I okay. knew my macros because I like to research everything and kind of like, but uh, my coach never said, oh, this is mu- the much calories you can. So if you need to switch something, it's okay. okay as long as you hit these calories or, you know, those macros. No, it was always a diet that would follow, you know, like that's what I eat. Okay, that's what I'm going to eat. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, like I knew my macros, but I never prepped uh like following, you know, yeah, like more a, like an intuitive eating, which I actually think is, is part of a healthy lifestyle. I think, I think that if more people at that way or learned to eat that way and kind of sought in, you know, as a long-term process, they would do far better. This is something that I, I preach a lot. We've just finished a, um, a new co- competition. I, I, I actually release a lot of shred programs. We have the four week shred, 12 week shred, eight week shred, 12 day holiday shred. And people, you know, I'm kind of known as the queen of shredding, but with the reason it's a very strategic reason I do it because a lot of people, whenever we have an 18 month signature program. And so a lot of people go hmm, 18 months, like that's awfully long. And I'm like, hmm, yeah. yeah, that's what's going to take. <laughs> and uh, so then, so what we do is we say, well, why not have this, you know, eight week shred? And they go, oh, eight weeks is doable. But the thing is they think at the end of the eight weeks, like that's it. They're just going to stop. Oh, great. I lost all this weight. I've got this body. And then they just stop and they don't realize that it, it has to become a lifestyle. What's your advice that what would be your advice for someone who was kind of new to training and got in, you know, into training with, with an eight week program and then kind of wanted to wanted to continue on? Like what, what advice do you give your clients who want to get into this kind of lifestyle? I know that's a very broad question, but do you know what I mean? What would be your best advice? Like my advice would be like find a diet that works for you because it's really hard to eat whether you don't like for a long time. So there's so many options, you know, that things that you you can enjoy eating and you still can fit the diet. So I was always open with my coach, you know, all the coaches that I had, like, hey, I really don't like brown rice. Mm -hmm. Is that okay if I have white rice? 
and be like, oh, okay, yeah, you can have white rice. So, you know, like even, even if I'm not competing, that's the food that I, I learned how to love. You know, like if they gave me green beans and I really don't like green beans, I'll, can I switch for broccoli? You know, things that you, that you like. Mm-hmm. So don't, don't be the one like, oh, if I want to be shredded and look good all year round, I need to eat the things that I don't like because there's always something that you like. Mm-hmm. So try like today in my breakfast, is, you know, eggs and oats. It, I like it, you know. Mm-hmm. But if you are the one that like like uh, protein muffins, you know, you can fit that in your yes. diet, you yes. know. As long as you as you follow that, like as you say, you know, like those calories and those macros. And for me, I always like it to build that diet so I know exactly what to eat because I people, some people they don't like to eat every day the, the same food. So make sure you find a coach that can help you with that, give you different options, you know. Mm-hmm. But like me, I was always like, oh, this is what I like to eat. I don't care. I eat this every day, you know. So for me, it was like, oh, like my, my diet used to be like olive oil. And I don't really care about olive oil. Mm-hmm. So I would switch for peanut butter, you know, and that would make me happy. Right. And, um, you peanut know, butter makes people, everybody happy, I think. Yeah, of course. When we die, <laughs> peanut butter is the best. Yes. So I would follow the diet happy because, okay, I have my peanut butter. I have a little fruit here and there. I have oats. I have my white rice. I have some lean ground beef. You know, like, mm-hmm. what else can you know? Like, so I was following the diet. And even though I was off season, I was still happy eating what I love because I was, I felt that if I don't eat that food, that I didn't feel that I was feeding my body. Yes. I didn't feel you know, when you go off track for a few days and you feel kind of like low in energy because the food is not really feeding you, yes. you know? Yes. So it's food that it like empty calories that you don't really feel, it crashes your mind and you don't feel good. So I always like it to eat, to feed my body. But of course, I don't want to eat things that I had to, you know? Yeah, hold your nose. Oh, you know, oh, <laughs> I need to eat it because it's good for me. It's always something that is good for you that you can enjoy better. So that that's is, my advice. It's such good advice because, and you know, you've actually made me me think, um, because whenever I started as a, whenever I started training for shows, I I was like I before that I was a, a yoga teacher and I'd studied nutrition for many many years owned a yoga detox company so nutrition and food was highly important to me and I was vegetarian and then I turned vegan and I I remember just thinking no I'm not going to exist on a on a diet of well first of all I had the, I had an issue because I didn't eat meat so most most bodybuilders I know eat chicken white fish broccoli and rice literally three times a day. And I was like, I am not going to do that. And so I began to experiment with different ways. I was like, okay, these are my macros and these are my calories. So basically I can eat anything, any food that's available to me, as long as it's within my macros and calories. So I started experimenting with, you know, meal plans and we have a private chef who works for us at home. So I'm really fortunate. And he does my every day. I know it's well because I work full time, so I can't cook anymore, but every day you should see the foods. I I get him to stay when I'm dieting the minute because I have a photo shoot coming up. And so I've given him like 1400 calories to work with during the day. It gives me more to work with on the weekend. I can have extra if I need to in the evening. And he creates the most spectacular food, which is all within my macros, which is beautiful. The taste is amazing. And so people say to me, oh, how do you do this all year round? I'm like, if you saw the food I eat on a daily basis, yeah. you wouldn't even ask that question because it's delicious. You can all eat like that. Yeah, you can all eat like that. Like for me with my oats and egg whites and, uh, you know, I'll make a pancake. 
And right. then if I have a banana, I'll put like a half banana and blend it all together with stevia and then cook it. And then the other half, I'll do a topping, you know. It's so like it, a dessert. It's like a dessert. So when people follow me, follow, follow me on Instagram and see my recipes and try, they're like, oh, it becomes so much easier, you know, to eat healthy like that. Because I thought like, okay, egg whites, I need to eat the egg whites and right. oats, I need to eat the oats. <laughs> You can blend it all together, add some cinnamon, add your spices, you know, add some stevia, you know, any sweetener that you prefer and make it good, you know. So all my, my meals, I was always like making something different, like some some air fryer, sweet potato, you know, like uh, cakes with right. my chicken and sweet potato. And so I had like some garlic powder. And, you know, you fry it in the, in the air fry, it's like a cake and it's crunchy, you know. So it was easy for me to diet. But, oh, okay, it is more work. So if we, if we have the opportunity to have a chef, it would be nice, you yes. know. But if not, take some time to, to cook. I know, like, everyone is busy working and taking care of kids and, and house. And it's, sometimes it's challenging. But, but, yeah. uh, if, but if it's if important, you know, you'll find a way. Yeah, you need to find a way. Like for me, this breakfast that I do, this pancake, it takes like seconds. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when you like, sometimes when I go, you know what? I want to eat something fancy and and fatty, and and I decide to cook. It takes a longer time, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it kind of like I feel that it's also a little bit of excuse. Like oh, I don't have time to cook like that. I don't have time to be creative. But if you're cooking like a lasagna, a lasagna, or, you know, like something like fatty. Yeah, it takes hours. It takes hours. Unless mm -hmm. you're eating outside and eating fast food all the time, then it's fast. Yeah. But uh, just think, like, it, you need to make some time, even like to be an example for your kids. That's mm -hmm. what I think, you know, to be an, an example for everyone around you. Like, show them, like, hey, we can eat, like, foods that really good for your body you know so yeah. i think it's important for you even though if you work a lot get some time to take care of you and the food and the food that you put in your house you know yeah it's great advice yeah be careful what you have in the house and you know i'm just watching the time because i know that you're short in time today because we were late starting but i know that my listeners will kill me if i don't ask about your glutes because everyone is obsessed with the booty these days. It's like, oh, yes. it's the thing that everyone wants to build. And you're known for having an exceptional booty. Is that just because you're Brazilian? Or do you have something special that you do that's to work not, them? That's not like, okay, you're Brazilian, you come. I know, you, you probably know, hate it, do you? It's, no. I wish it was. But uh, the thing is, I think being in Brazilian helped. Because uh, since very young, you watch like all those amazing woman on tv with mm -hmm. small bikinis that's that's how we are in brazil many beaches every every woman's in the beach so i was always watching tv those women looking amazing with nice nice body amazing curves so since very young like i start training you know trying to go to the gym at four, 14 years old and i was doing dancing before for years and always like looking to those oh i look I want to look hot like that, you know, when I grow up. So you start training very young for that. And in Brazil, we do a lot of isolate exercise for glutes because glutes is really 
a Brazilian thing. I remember Natalia telling me she was like horrified when she moved to Belfast, where I live. She was horrified by the gyms here. But she was like, in the gyms in Brazil, there's like an, an like every other machine is for your glutes. Yeah. And here, and, there's nothing, nothing. nothing. When I moved here, I was like, where are the eco weights? So I can do, you know, like my isolate glutes because we work with the eco weights heavy. Like if you go to Brazil and you go to a, a nice hotel, they have a gym. You're going to look and they're going to have a whole section for ankle weights, right. like like 20 pounds, 25 pounds ankle weights, uh, 15, 10, and then the lighter ones. But every hotel has the section, you know, every mm. gym will have like a big section of ankle weights because everyone will be working on isolate glutes. So we start building very young. Mm. I was very skinny. When I was younger, I, I suffered bullying at school, you know, and I was, it was something for me that like, oh, she's too skinny. She's too skinny, even though I always had that genetic to build muscle because mm -hmm. I got this from my father. You know, he was always skinny, but all muscular, you know, yes, yes. So I, you know, I, I kind of like follow his genetic and I felt when I start working out, I'm like, oh, I think it would be easier for me to build. So I start working out. 14 years old doing fitness class because they didn't allow me in the weight room in Brazil at that time. Now it, it's better, but at that time I needed to be 18 years old to really be able to lift weights. So I was trying, oh, can I try now? Oh no, it's too, too young. You can do the fitness class, you know? Yes. And I'm like, oh, but I want to be in the weight room. So when I became 18, I started like doing the machines and building and I just saw in eating, you know, like more protein, I kind of like researched a bodybuilding diet without not even thinking about competing and start eating more oats, more rice, more chicken, more eggs. At that time, there wasn't much whey protein or uh, protein powder, mm. but I found like a, a protein powder from, from eggs, you mm. know, from the egg whites. And I was eating that. It was a little disgusting. The, yeah. The taste. <laughs> But I was still, I'm like, okay, I want to build muscle because I suffered bullying school for being too skinny. So that was my goal, you know, build my body since very young. So it helped a lot with the glutes. And as you study, like I went to college for four years to become a personal trainer in Brazil. You cannot be a trainer just doing like a month. Uh, Thank you know? God. <laughs> yeah, like in the US was so easy when I got here. My degree in Brazil was kind of like, oh. It doesn't matter. You need to do this one month class online. I'm like, okay, like <sighs> I can do that. But all the knowledge that you get in college is studying, you know, like studying exercise, studying how the body works with exercise, how to build muscle, how to, you know, like connect and really build. Or if you want to, you know, everything that we learned, like four years in college, I put in, into training to myself since very young. So, you know, like all those years paid off. Wow. And knowledge is power. You know, it's the more yeah. that's people always say to me, how do I, how do I get started? Like, how can I get ahead? And, you know, on Instagram, they ask me a lot and I say, arm yourself with information, watch YouTube videos, buy books, download books, follow bodybuilders, watch lives, listen to podcasts, just inform yourself about the human body because everything, every piece of knowledge that you give yourself is, um, you know, obviously moving you closer towards your goal. I'm conscious of our time. We only have a few minutes left before you need to go, but I want to 
ask you, like, just on the subject of the glutes, what is your favorite glute building exercise? Like, or do you have a, a, a favorite or one that you I think do. has? It was always one that, like, even before competing, that if I, if I, I'm training glutes, if I don't do this exercise for me, it was like which exercise? Sorry, I, I talked over I, the top of you. It's it's the cable kickback. Oh, the cable glute kickback, kickback. straight leg or with a, or on a bench where you kick where you it's push more back. Straight leg and you need to kick all the way up, mm-hmm. all the way like really high because I see I see some girls doing kind of like not going all the way. Mm-hmm. So you need to kick all the way so you can get the top of the glutes. Yeah, kind of like kind of you don't need to be holding there, but kind of like do a little holding squeeze on top. Yes, yes. You know? So that one was for me like, oh, I trained glutes, but I didn't do the exercise. So I was like, mm, it's not complete. Oh, yeah. yeah. Have you really oh, yeah. trained glutes if you haven't done that exercise? Yeah, it is a it is a great exercise. We, um, I'm really focusing on my glutes hard at the minute doing a gym program because we're adding a gym program to our eight-week butt camp, which is a home program. But so I was interested to know uh, what your uh, what your particular exercise. But as you say, there's a combination because the glutes you want to to build the, the top, the bottom, the sides. Mm-hmm. So you need to be red, you know, like really focus on getting all the, you know, the, all the angles, the yes. all the angles, you yes. know? So, so for side glutes, it's so important for bikini. If you want to compete, because even when you stand on the front poles, you want the side glute to pop. So mm-hmm. it's round. So you really need to focus on the abduction machines mm-hmm. and exercise that gets the side glutes. And also, of course, for the for the tying, you need to be working on the bottom of the glutes. So there's a lot of like uh, squats. They, you know, you can really get that mm-hmm. the back and deadlifts. So it's really like a combination. Talking about looking perfect for a stage. You need to think about every angle. But for me, I think my glutes was always different because I always focus a lot on the top of the glutes. So mm. it gives the roundness, you know, and it's fuller. So the one that really helped me with the top of the glutes was the glute kick. That's part. interesting to know. Okay, I'm gonna tr- I'm going to add those into my daily glute training and I'm going to take pictures Good. and let you know. Um, <laughs> Angelica, what does the future hold for you? I feel like we just haven't had enough time. We're we're probably gonna have to do a part two at some point we if you're up for can it. go 10 minutes over. Are you sure? Okay, uh-huh. okay, yeah. excellent. Because there's so much that we can still talk about. Oh no, I love it. I'm just I'm like, there's so many questions I still want to ask you, but I really yeah. I really want to ask, like, well, that is, well, like, kind of what does the future hold for you? You're pregnant now with a little girl, which is yeah, so exciting. I'm pregnant, so it's, it must be like the most exciting chapter of my life because uh, my husband always wanted a kid. And when was in, once I got my pro card, it took me a while to get my pro card. I had to do 20 competitions because, uh, you know, there's a, uh, we, we can talk an hour about that. We know, have to talk about that briefly. So, okay, yeah. hang on. Just, I have to talk about this. So it took you 20 shows to get your pro card. Now, if there card. was ever a lesson in don't give up, that is it. Yes. That was because uh, not that I wasn't doing well to deserve the pro card, but because I was competing in U.S. and I had a green card, but I wasn't an American citizen. So I could never do nationals. So even though I was going to every local show and doing well, first place, first place overall, I, I couldn't join, you know, the national show to, to get the award, to get the pro card. So I had to apply to Brazil. I had to go 
compete in Brazil. Brazil kind of like was a little with politics, you know, in the sport, I don't know. They denied my pro card because they said, oh, no, you compete in U.S., you need to come and do all over here and start all over in Brazil. Even though after I won six overall titles in big shows. So at first they said, oh, okay, we'll give you your pro card, the Brazilian Federation. If you, if you win, if you prove us that you're good enough, so you can, even though you're competing in the U.S., you can represent Brazil. So I start that journey, like, what do I need to do? You need to win overalls in big shows. And I'm like, okay, so I start competing, competing, first place, no overall. First place, no overall. First place overall, yes, you know. First place, no overall. Or second place, you know, they step back and you're like, oh my God, I'm going to get like six overalls. Oh, so just to explain for people listening, overalls is like overall is champion of the show. So they choose one um, one female and one male from all of the categories to win the overall. And that's what they wanted. Oh, they wanted you to get come first in your category and then the overall as well. That was the requirement. Yeah, that was the requirement. Being a champion my height. my Holy shit, that my, is some serious. And then competing against the other champions and getting the overall. So, you know, they didn't say six. They said kind of like four at first. But once I got four, I mailed them. They're like, ah, oh, it's still not enough. So I was like, wow, okay. So I kept chasing it, chasing it. So I had to, like, total was 20 competitions so I could get in those 20 was, I think was 12 first place and six overalls. Then I, I was like, okay, I got it. Oh, now you need to come to Brazil and compete here. So we can say that you are a Brazilian athlete, but you never come even competed here. How are we going to do that? I'm like, okay, I'll go to Brazil and compete. So I went to Brazil. I went to the Arnold Brazil and uh, without knowing anyone in Brazil, you know, I got third place. They said, you don't need to win. You just need to compete here. I'm like, okay. I got third place at the Arnold Brazil and I came back. Okay. Now my Is that enough? <laughs> you know what? We had a meeting and it's not fair that we give you your pro card if so many Brazilians are competing here and doing the whole process in Brazil. And we cannot just let you represent Brazil if you if you don't compete here. And I'm like, so you asked me to do all of this, all these years. It was two years competing like crazy. And no pro card, like why you didn't tell me that before. So I translated the email and sent to President Gimeno in US. And thank God I was always talking to the Brazilian Federation and keeping the NEPC, you know, attached to the email so they could follow everything. And I was like, so, you know, like they knew that I was trying to get it for a long time because first I emailed the NPC, like, how can I get my pro card? Mm -hmm. Then they told me, okay, contact the Brazilian Federation because that's how they do. So I translated like, hey, they denied my pro card after all these years chasing it. And President Emmanuel said, just stand by. Don't worry. You are already a pro. You deserve to be a pro. So don't worry about anything. Just wait. And I was like, for two weeks, like, yeah, you know what? I did everything I could. So if I need to give up now, there's nowhere else to go, you know? So after two weeks, I received the pro card and I saw and President Emmanuel was signing and I started representing USA, even though I wasn't an a American citizen yet. Now I am, but at that time, like I won my first Olympia not even being American citizen yet. And 
representing US. So I did not know that. I thought when you competed, you represented Brazil. I never represented Brazil because they denied my pro card. So some Brazilians, some fans in Brazil, they don't understand it like right. They think that you've defected or something. They think it's (laughs) when they call me like on on the Olympic stage, like Angelica from USA, they like sometimes they message me like, hey. I'm a little upset. Why they say USA and not Brazil when you come in? So I had to do videos, explain. So after a little while, it, it had the, the they broke it. You know, like President Jimena was already very frustrated with how the the IFBB was treating the athletes everywhere, and uh, that's why they split it and that became IFBB elite because mm-hmm. there was a lot of things involved, a lot of politics, a lot of. You know, it was almost impossible to get the pro card for the athletes. Mm-hmm. So President Jimeno did the IFBB Pro League separate from the IFBB elite. Wow. You know? That's when, like in Brazil, in Europe, in England, people started to have more opportunity. And now the sport is growing in Brazil like never before. And not only in Brazil, but in Europe, in in South America, everywhere, you know? Angelica, now they're giving out pro cards in cereal boxes in the morning. It's like, <laughs> you just have to stand on stage and you get yeah. your pro card, you know? Yes, Maybe yes. not with IFBB, but this, you're right, the sport has exploded. I mean, and a lot of people don't realize that bikini is actually relatively new. It's not a It's not a category. It, I think, was it 2009 or 2010 or something? 2010. 2010 it was yeah. um you know it is relatively new but as you say now you know everybody wants to stand on stage it's kind of the the ultimate the the pinnacle if you like of of yes. uh, what you can do and is that you now have you have you hung up your bikini are you in retirement now I don't know yet so you asked me for my plans right uh, now I'm doing so many things link it to this so I can keep my passion for this sport there I'm a coach, so I have my team. People can follow follow the Instagram, Team Angelica T as Teixeira. So Team mm-hmm. Angelica T on Instagram. We're going to link to everything in the in the show notes okay, as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm, um, you know, I'm doing this job as a coach. I don't get like too many clients because I like to do everything myself, so I can leave the passion with my clients. And uh, I'm a posing coach. And uh, I have my my fitness closing, you know, that is something that me and my sister, we do every step of the way together. We design the clothes. She 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 goes to the place in Brazil to choose the fabric, to hold it. So it's something that we're passionate about. So I have my 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 brand, like AT Fit Wear. I'll give yes, you I, I saw, I saw I I was checking it out whenever you launched it because I love the tops that you wear, I love the sports bras that you wear. The, yeah, the shape of them, the twist ones. Yeah, that's that's the main one, you know. Now mm-hmm. we're getting more styles coming soon, but that's the main one that everyone loves because I always wore them before. Mm-hmm. And people are like, I want to buy it, you know. So now it became my brand. And now I'm getting to a new chapter also promoting competitions. So in, in 10 days now, I'll have my first show it's the Texas Pro, IFBB Pro League Texas Pro in the NPC Texas Classic. So it'll be the sh- first show that I'm promoting. So I partnered with two great promoters here in Texas, the Battle of Productions, and I'm promoting my first show. So That's amazing. You know, Congratulations. Love. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm still leaving the love, you know, for the stage with my clients, with promoting a show and being able to really 
tell them like, hey, I'm an athlete. I know what we need. I know, you know, what we can do in a show to make them feel great. The athletes, you know, feel great. Mm -hmm. So I, I feel great with this new chapter. But who knows, maybe after my baby. So now I'm really focused on my baby, enjoying every second, really enjoying my belly growing. You know, some people are like, oh, you're going to be so frustrating when your body changes. But don't worry. Know that this is temporary. You know, you know how to do it after you focus. And no, I'm really enjoying seeing my body changing and seeing my belly growing, feeling the baby moving. So, um, you know, like this is something I don't want to think about competing right after because that will put a pressure on me. Mm -hmm. Then I start like, oh my God, but my body's changing so much. How I'm going to get back to shape after? Who knows? Maybe I want to be back on stage as a challenge for myself. Mm -hmm. But uh, for now, I just want to think about doing all these things that I'm doing. So my, my passion for this sport is still there. I'm still living my passion, but really focusing on my family now. Oh, and later, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, you I know. know. Never I really say never. Stage. I never say never, you know? Yeah. yeah. So let's see. You have to wait and see what mm -hmm. happens and how I feel and how life, you know, unfolds for me. But yeah. I'm very excited about the future. Yeah, it is a hard life and it does take a lot of dedication. You know, it takes an enormous amount of dedication and probably you're, you know, you're like me, you're very type A. And if you can't give something a hundred percent focus and dedication, you'd probably yes. just rather not do it and give something else a hundred percent focus and dedication. And no one can say that you have not achieved incredible things in your career and your sport, you know? So ask me like, what in your career do you feel that, oh, I didn't, I didn't achieve that. Right. Or, you know, like there's a show that I wanted to win. I can't say that because I really, I was able to really achieve everything that I wanted. I won the Olympia twice. I won the Arnold uh, USA twice, the Arnold Australia twice, uh, a show in Asia twice, the Asia Grand Prix. So it was, you know, like international. So I, I lived the international competing and traveling and uh, everything I want to show in New York, the New York Pro, because that, that was my home where I used to live. So everyone could come and watch the Pittsburgh Pro. There's one of the biggest shows here in the U.S. I want the, a show in, in Texas, the Battle, the Battle of Texas, because I, I live here now. So I wanted to win a show in Texas. And uh, my whole career, it's been 13 Pro titles and 39 competitions. And all those, you know, those first place and overalls, I never won a crown before. So for the show here in Texas last year, before the Olympia, I won the crown. And I'm like, okay, now I I'm can't done. You never I won a crown. That is yeah, so like, funny. I never won a crown winning so many shows. I always got the, the little doll, you know, the trophy yes. and a medal, but never a crown or a sword. And I was like... I'm gonna never. Yeah. I'm not. Gonna I, I'm gonna retire without a crown. For God's sake, that is yeah. the funny. So they story. gave me a crown here in Texas, and they also gave me a sword. And I'm like, okay, my life is complete. Yeah, I have a crown <laughs> and a sword. I am both a queen and a slayer. Well, a slayer warrior. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, um, Angelica. You have been so generous with your time with me today, and I really don't want to take up any more um, because hopefully you'll come back and do a part two at some point. But I was, uh, I was wondering, can you please tell all of my listeners where they can find you and where they can follow you? We are going to link to everything in the show notes, so they can just click. But tell us where they can. Where's the best place to find you and connect with you? 
Okay, I'm, I'm very, I'm always on Instagram. It's where you can find me and follow me more. So my main page is Angelica HT. Mm-hmm. So you link that. So please follow me so you can follow my routine. You know, like in everything that I do now that I'm pregnant, I'm still working out every day. You know, I'm still eating healthy, but with more freedom. So follow me there. And uh, for, for my coaching, Angelica, uh Team Angelica T, mm-hmm. and for the for the fitness clothes is H Fitwear, and uh, I'm also on YouTube, but I have been a little, you know, MIA on YouTube. I'm not posting much, mm-hmm. but I plan on come on going back. It's Angelica Teixeira. It's my page, and uh, yeah, that's all. Facebook. Oh. I, I have a Facebook page, but I'm not really much yeah. on Facebook no. anymore it's more Instagram yes I'm the so. same you can only really dominate one platform can't you people always say to me why are you not on um <laughs> what is it TikTok or whatever I'm like I don't I don't hardly have time for my life I never mind learning TikTok yeah, like really I downloaded TikTok but I was like mm-hmm. you know what life is too much. like so much in life I'm like I cannot be in 10 platforms and you know like let mm-hmm. me focus on one and now we have reels that we can kind of like TikTok on Instagram, everything on Instagram. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Angelica, you have been amazing. Thank you so much for being so generous with your time, with your advice, with you know, and just so open and and so lovely. And um, if I don't speak to you again in person, you know, good luck with the birth. And I'll be watching on Instagram. I know it's not for another twenty weeks, but with the rest of your pregnancy and the birth, and we can't wait to meet your little girl. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me. And thank you, everyone that is listening to the podcast for all this time. And for I think you're going to have hundreds of thousands of new followers if you don't already, because um, everybody's Please follow me. I love it. And now it's like, if anything, DM me. I always get back to everyone in my Instagram when they send me a DM and they they send like a message on my pictures. I always respond to everyone. So, Hey, let's keep in contact, everyone. Yes, do. I always do that as well. It's such a good tip. So, Angelica, thank you so much. um, And I will catch up with you soon. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. Bye, my love. Bye. You know, I could have talked to her for hours. Did you not? Like we said after after the interview finished, I was like, you know, that could have gone on for like an hour and a half. She was like, yeah, you and I could have just talked for hours and hours and hours. And I was like, seriously, there was so much more we could have said, but we just had to fit it into, you know, under 60 minutes, which is always difficult whenever you're a lifelong fan of someone like I am of Angelica. Like I literally wanted to know everything about her, but I hope that you enjoyed her as much as I did. I would love to do a part two at some point in the future where, you know, we really break divine diet or training or glute building or maybe just a Q&A if you guys have Q&As for her if you have questions you'd love to ask her because I mean it's not very often you get to ask the world's top bikini athlete questions and have her answer them so maybe we'll do a Q&A if that if that's something that would interest you definitely let me know um, in the reviews leave me a review and let me know if it's something that you would like um, if you would like a Q&A and of course if you haven't left a review make sure you do for this month because you could be with the chance of winning one of our Sculpted Vegan programs all you have to do is leave a review, send me a screenshot of the review on Instagram to The Sculpted Vegan. And at random, we choose, well, we don't choose at random, actually, we read them all. And then we choose the best written one or the funniest one or the one that caught our attention the most every single month. And then we announce the winner. And I don't have the winner today, unfortunately, but I will tell you the name of the winner um, for July. 
uh, whenever I ask for it because I forgot to ask for it today. So that's why I'm not telling you. But I do know that we have announced uh, someone for July or we have chosen someone for July. We need to announce it on Instagram um, and on the podcast. And I will tell you that who that is next week. But you could be August's winner if you just leave a review and then send me a screenshot. Okay, so I will chat to you next week on another episode of the Kim Constable podcast. Thank you so much for listening in. I do appreciate you and I missed you all last week. And I'll try not to miss another week, I promise, because I do love showing up and chatting to you every single week on this podcast as much as you seem to enjoy listening. Okay, I love you. Thank you so much for listening. I will catch you again next week. Have a wonderful rest of the week wherever you are and bye for now. <laughs>